0: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to When Your Heart Falls Out of Your Head. Uh, today's episode is a continuation from last week's episode. So If you didn't catch that one, be sure to listen in. Um, I am continuing the conversation about self-hatred and learning self-hatred with Nicole Yun. So without further ado, here is me and Nicole. Wait, what did I ask you? yeah asked me if anyone's reached
1: out to me. Oh, yes. Okay. Um... Yes, actually, uh, mostly other Asian American women have Mm -hmm. reached out to me, and it's been really great. I feel like um, I've built this sort of network of friends who are not really like, like my close friends, but just like random people I've met along the way where we've shared these personal experiences, especially, you know, I posted that one thing about like wearing barbie pink and how like that was just off limits for me because I believe that because of what was told about my yellow skin looking bad with mm-hmm. that color of pink and um and then another friend was like, "Yeah, also yellow." And I was like, "Yeah, yellow too." Because she was like, "I am wearing nothing but like goldenrod like like burnt, orange, yellow, orange, anything this year because it brings me joy and it's been off limits to me my whole life because people were like, if you wear yellow, your skin looks more yellow and that's not what you want. And I was like, yeah, I forgot about yellow. Yellow too. And like, just, uh, it's really interesting like hearing the stories of other people because I'm like, wow. And especially like what I said earlier about Um, Kind of like different um, ethnicities, different cultures within like the Asian diaspora, like uh, diaspora, 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 (laughs) Um, where, you know, like these are like women or like, you know, Chinese American or like um, Filipina or like, you know, what have you. And I'm like, this is interesting. This is like parallel, even though, you know, our cultures are, you know different you know we're from different countries but it's interesting to see the similarities
0: yeah it really is especially what what you were saying about like there isn't a unified asian community the same thing could be said with the black community yeah and like i think i saw on tiktok someone Ah. talking about how like not all like some people who are not like white people think that, you know, all people of color are like in this together. And it's like, that's not the case. Uh, And not like, I'm not upset. But it's interesting hearing how it it goes even further than just like your race. It's like your cultural group, or like, what country you're from, like, uh, my family's Congolese, there's a whole thing with the Congolese and the Nigerians. And like, it's just, um, it's just so it's interesting to see how all that is still happening beneath the surface and like talking about it now and realizing like, even though we all have come from different walks of life, we all kind of are having the same lived experience. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah.
1: And yeah, it is interesting when there are some intricacies like that. Like for instance, like with Korean culture, there are some, historical intricacies with like Japanese culture and mm. like history of um just colonialism and stuff like that where it's like okay that feels a little tricky but then I love Japanese culture but then it's like you know my parent, like my mom was young enough to um remember the Korean War and like oh, some wow. of the things that happened so it's like that's tricky because I'm like I know and love different Japanese people in my life, but then I'm like, a, a, and like culture and, but then it's like, oh, but also like, there are some atrocities that happen in the, in, in history that like are things that my mom could just name to you. And I'm just like, oh, this is complicated, yeah. you know? Um But yeah, that's it. Yeah, you're right. It's like every, every group has, its own lived like struggle and 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 we as what was it the what is what's the word I loved it it was like the something majority what was the wording it was like the, the my, sil-
0: silent majority no not the
1: silent majority it's basically making. People of color, the major, ma- the majority in the world. I forgot oh, what the term is, but anyway, we okay. as that majority, w- we are not like we don't have a unified experience, or we're not mm. unified in this together, um, because of all these intricacies mm-hmm. and ah uh, yeah, it's really it's really interesting. Wow, I have to look up what the wor- the wording was. It was so good, and a friend of mine. We were like, we got to start using that all the time, but. It's like the world majority. I forget what it uh, Somebody, if you're listening to this and if you know what I'm talking (laughs) about, but it's basically saying, yeah, people of color are the majority of the world. Wow. So so there it is.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Can we talk a little bit more about your music career? Sure. uh, What do you want to know? Okay. So... um, well, first, I'm interested to know what your parents did. You said that they were kind of hippies, and then they were really open to things. Sure.
1: I mean, not hippies in an American sense, but I think, like, you know, my my parents both came from pretty well-off families, but um, just the expectations of them were really specific. My dad came from a, a political family. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. So, my dad my dad's uncle was actually the second democratic president of Korea what? of South Korea so he um, is his name is Yun Sun, and he was d- a president for a blip before <laughs> the wa- uh, before the war it was it's a very short period of time where he just did some like <coughs> super r- Roosevelt y things where he like made the cities look better for a hot second and then like so, you know there was a coup and all this stuff mm-hmm. so my dad was kind of, you know, um, they wanted him to go into politics. And my dad is like super into literature, like theology, film, music. My mm-hmm. um, And so he was just kind of like, I gotta get out of here. And my mom um, came from um, a family that was, uh, her her father, ran a very successful like trucking company in, mm-hmm. in Korea. So, um, it was more business related, but her family, um, it's just a lot of, um, more like scientists and like, I don't know, just anyway, my mom is also super into literature and her mm-hmm. English, m- both of my parents' English when they came to the United States, um, W- was pretty good, and so actually, it's interesting because a lot of people say, um, like, they don't. As a, a as a Korean American, they don't hear an accent from me that would have come from me having immigrant parents. Oh, <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. that's a very nuanced, specific thing where yeah. even it makes no sense. But I think um, Korean Americans, we know we're talking about where it's like if you have immigrant parents even though you've grown up in america and you have american peers there's certain things that just pass down that m- you know you've got a Ameri- uh, that you've got immigrant parents Interesting. in in the speech just a tiny bit it's not even an accent it's just there's something there and um a lot of people are like you don't have that at all and it's cuz my parents are just like such nerdy like I don't know, Anglophiles, more like they were into English literature. Yeah. So they kind of had like this weird British accent. It's whoa like what? my That's mom cool. will say, it, so she'll say literature. And I'm like, mom, stop it. <laughs> You've been in America for 30 <laughs> years now. You got to just like chill out. Um, but um, anyway, uh, so yeah, they, um, because of, I, I think they were sort of the black sheep, or not the black sheep, but they were just a little bit different for each of their families. I think mm-hmm. me going after music was n- fine. It was fine. And and they both love music so much and both are pretty accomplished in music. So yeah, m- oh yeah. So my dad, um, he had several different careers in his life. Um, started in America as like a dishwasher off of Broadway in New York. Mm-hmm. And then he like, was a real estate agent for a while. He, um, was a practicing like naturopathic and homeopathic doctor for a while. And then he got his theology degree and then he started like going into like linguistics. Mm -hmm. And so now in Korea for the past 20 years, he's been, he's he has a school that like basically, um, like looks into ancient languages and like, Kind of like breaks down like I mean, I guess more from like a Christian aspect, but I think honestly more of a Jewish aspect. Oh. um I think my parents are Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> the more and more I talk to them, the more I'm like, I think you guys might be Jewish because they're like, Jesus was a good teacher, but uh, let's like go back to the Torah, and I'm like, I think you guys are Jewish, but I mean, like you know you do you um. So, uh, that's another twist. Um, yeah. And like my mom, I mean, she, she did several things too. Um, mostly by the time I was growing up, she was working at the world bank in DC. And so she was like, uh, she was actually kind of living a really cool life with like a very international set of friends and, uh, yeah, and, uh and because of her job there like really uh, it really allowed me to have a lot of experiences even with music that I never would have had. Um uh just like going to a really good school that let me like travel, like learning how to play cello and go to other countries. Like it's crazy stuff wow. that would not have happened had my mom not worked there. Um yeah. but uh yeah, so I'm sorry, the question was...
0: (laughs) No, that's okay. (laughs) 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 I was curious as to what they do, but it sounds like they do a lot. They've done a
1: lot, and I think they've never felt like any... uh, They've never felt defined um, to, like, stay where they had to... Where they were, you know? I think they... Whatever was interesting Mm -hmm. um, and, like, they felt was especially my dad I think if they felt he felt it was their his calling he was he was gonna go for it
0: so Mm. yeah that's really cool man that's awesome did that like do you feel like you have a more philosophical approach to how you live your life because of your parents yeah
1: absolutely I think I mean I I Actually, somebody told this to me <laughs> recently. They said, Nicole, we're like using your life as like a guideline because you kind of like sort of have a job, but like you do music and like you like travel, but like you just like have like a balanced life where you kind of like are doing what you want to do, but you're not like so pressed about like what you're like your income and your career on paper is (laughs) and I was like I don't know if this is a diss or if this is like a compliment but I think I have felt that like you know no matter what like I'm doing to earn money because I feel like I don't think I've already resigned myself. Like music is not gonna earn me like a living wage in my life. Like mm-hmm. it has made me money of sometimes. Sometimes it has. And then sometimes it really hasn't. And like um but I think I I really wanna make music mm-hmm. forever. Yeah. So I think whatever else I'm doing not that I want to do a horrible job that's, like, soul-sucking, but, like, um whatever else it is, it's fine. Like, as long as I'm able to still be creative and it's not yeah. taking that away from me and I, I, fu- you know, I'm okay with the politics and philosophies of whatever, wherever I'm working, mm-hmm. whatever. I, that's fine. Like, I just, I definitely just want to continue to create and... um and, and that's kind of it. Yeah.
0: That's, that's so good. I 100% agree with your friends who say that you are really living the life. I just recently, so I had like for years, um, after I f- had finished school, um, I was trying to get a job in Atlanta. I'd, I'd studied finance just because I, I just wanted to get out of school. And I was like, I, I, can just do like a general business with like a focus in finance and I'm like maybe I'll get an accounting job and and I had like been working like a part-time job um and I had just glamorized just like having a full-time job and mostly I glamorized the lifestyle that a full-time job would afford me Mm. um and then I got it and it sucked and it was I did Honestly, my resume probably looks like a mess because I did accounting and then from there I went into working in news as a producer and then from there I went into recruitment and I currently work in recruitment. And I I love it or I love my company that I'm with now um, because I have the flexibility now to afford to do other things that I like to do and my work is enjoyable. like, And um, I feel like I was so concentrated on, um, just having these things on paper that I wasn't having, I wasn't enjoying myself and I wasn't working on anything that I wanted to work on. And so kind of how this podcast got started was uh, Ryan got me an interface for (laughs) for Christmas and I was just tinkering around with it. And I just, you know, I stopped getting in my head about like what I can't do and just decided to try to do something with what I have. And it's been really fulfilling so far and hopefully I'll continue to do it um but just just living a life of balance where you're creatively fulfilled and like you also have like you know duties outside of that I think is really good and something that um something I had heard about from a friend when I was in college where I thought it was so weird they were like yeah if i'm gonna date somebody they need to have these the, these couple things they need to have like a career focus they need to have a physical health focus they need to have a creative focus and a mental focus and i'm like that is really rigid and like that seems so like bizarre but and i still think it's kind of i actually you know what? whatever he could live his life and, and do whatever sure. but i think for myself i hadn't considered myself in that way of like am i fulfilling myself in these areas and i um it's starting to come together now yeah
1: i think that's it's not anything that we're taught you know Mm. to you know i think we're taught to have a job and and make money so that you can go on vacation or something (laughs) right but i think yeah uh, having some kind of balance creatively i think for me i that realization was um only i only came across that when i took out all of my creative um outlets Mm -hmm. from my life and actually that was probably maybe like 10 years ago i was like the first time i was not in any band. And I was at 10. Wow. It's more than that. 12 years ago. 14 years ago. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Time is going by fast. (laughs) Uh, But I think uh, um, I remember just being so angry every day. Mm. And I was like, why am I so frustrated and angry every day? Oh, it's because I'm not, playing music or creating at least once a week. Mm. And I had been doing that for years without question. Yeah. Um like even when I was a kid, I had my piano lesson every week and I practiced. And I was like my I grew up this way where it was like you play music, you like express something from it with it and then you you know, and then repeat every week and and mm-hmm. And when that gets so ingrained in who you are uh, and then you take it away, it's like, of Mm -hmm. course you're angry. Of course you're stressed. Of course, I think even physically I just felt like I want to punch through a wall right now. Like I just want to break through something. And I was like, this isn't good. I I have to watch this. Like it's for my health as well as I like it. I love it. But also – I'm driving people crazy, and also I'm I am feeling physically bad. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, I'm glad that you found that. What was it that caused you to take a break from all of your projects?
1: Oh well, it was actually it wasn't even a break. It was just like one of those weird things where one of the band, like the band I was in, one of the members moved away. Then I had mm. just moved to Roanoke and. Mm-hmm. It was just all these things where I'm like, life is busy right now. Just, you know, get over this hurdle. But, um, yeah, it was it wasn't good. (laughs) (laughs) And actually, that was right when I started writing stuff for Eternal Summers. Because I was like, you know what? I don't have anyone around. I'm going to just start writing songs for myself. Mm -hmm. And then uh, started asking some people to play with me. So, yeah.
0: When did you find your the the band her internal summers did you have to go through a lot of people
1: uh not really well so the initial band was me and the drummer from the previous band mm-hmm. he ended up uh having to raise goats on a goat farm
0: oh how
1: i know <laughs> but he was like look i i've got a lot on my plate I, he had a lot going on so i was like look don't worry about it and then i um I had some friends here or like acquaintances in Roanoke that was, you know, I knew there was a music scene Mm -hmm. and I went to Mill Mountain coffee shop and I ran into Daniel and I was like, Daniel, please give me the phone number of so-and-so who was a really, really great drummer. And he was like, I don't play drums, but like, can I do this? (laughs) And I was like, yeah, you can, because I'm not the best guitarist and this is kind of like a new thing. So let's just like have yeah. fun. Mm-hmm. And we played, we were like, we're going to play three shows mm-hmm. and we'll reassess. Right. So we played three shows and then we stayed together as a duo for right. a couple of years. And then, um, then we were like, you know, we love big sounds and we need a- another member. Yeah. And we went through two bassists and then we landed on Jonathan, and yeah, that was like 2011. So, yeah.
0: Okay, so this is like <coughs> I don't know if I'll include this part because this is bridging into another project sure. that I just started. Sure. Sure. <laughs> I don't know if you've noticed, but the like it's being called indie sleaze, like the indie era of like the late 2000s to the mid to early 2010s. Oh, like. I think the best way to categorize it is like you remember Scott Pilgrim versus the World? Yes. Very much like that. Okay. That's like having a resurgence and yes. I'm very glad because mentally I haven't left. Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> it seems so quick. Seems like a quick turnaround.
0: Yeah, I that's not even been like 15 you years. You need like
1: 20. I think like usually it's like 20 years or right? 50, like at least 15 years. Cuz I yeah, indie sleaze, but also like Twee, yes, and that's the name of a
0: project that I'm working on with my friend Mary Kate called Twee Girls. Oh yes,
1: yeah. Because I, I, somebody else said something about it, and I was like, "Wait, flats are back, (laughs) right?" I was like, "Wait, like, like Zoe Deschanel is Mm -hmm. back." Like, I just anyway, anyway.
0: Yeah. So now we like we haven't recorded an episode yet. So we were talking about we were just talking about it and like when she came on the podcast last week and i was like we should totally just do another thing because this has been this is what i thought my adult life would be like <laughs> I, I i was just like i had just missed her or i just i didn't have the money to buy the things that i wanted at the time <laughs> <laughs> and i also felt like i just i didn't feel like i had access i had to experience that era digitally like i couldn't be there be there sure and like now i am like I feel like I can not only be there, but I can be part of it. Yeah. It's
1: amazing.
0: Hence the new podcast, Twee Girls.
1: Oh my gosh. I love it.
0: Yeah. I've already gotten ahead of myself. So I like, I made this wholesale account for like hoodies and stuff. Yes. No, you <laughs> need to, you need to make Could that. But I send happen? you one when I, I, or I made the the first batch order and then I'm going to, have like our yes little logo oh do it oh i'm (laughs) all about that that is hilarious and i'm like santa gold or santee gold Uh now i'm Uh like i i wish i could have had the chance to like see her at the time and like i'm i follow this photographer ron snake who who he was all of the imagery from that time basically he he captured all of it uh-huh. and i like just see like all the posts that he makes he was like this was 2011 and alexa chung is with this oh person oh my and gosh i'm like oh my gosh
1: <laughs> those were such sweet times i'm not gonna lie like i would say 2009 to 2012 specifically mm-hmm. is just like a dream I was like, "Wow, things were so uncomplicated, yeah. uncomplicated." <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: I definitely agree, and then I feel like things took a turn in 2013.
1: Yeah, 2013 got a little bit rough, and then I think like 2014, like st- things were starting to get weird. Yeah, and then we all know the rest. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. So I feel like it, it, it might be too much to ask for you to come on Tweed Girls, but no, it's be- not too much. Really? I'll totally do oh my it. Gosh. <laughs>
1: yeah. I'll totally do it. Are
0: you kidding me? I'm so excited. Like, (laughs) I was excited to do this one for sure, but this is now where, like, you know how you just have to get the ball rolling with projects, and you're like, this is the one. This is my baby. I'm like, now I'm already getting way too ahead of myself. No, it's it's all good. (laughs) It's all good. Yeah. Um, But do you have any... Um, projects or anything coming up that you want to talk about?
1: Yeah, um, well I'm still w- working on finishing this record, um, but uh, in March uh, and we will see with hopefully nothing happens uh, pandemic wise that mm-hmm. things will hopefully chill out by then, but in March I will be playing a festival up in New York City called New Colossus Festival yes. and I'll be playing um, three shows uh, in Lower East Side of Manhattan that week. So um, I will post about that on Instagram probably. Um, But, I mean, honestly, three shows feels like a gluttonous (laughs) feast because I played one show last year, Mm -hmm. zero shows the year before. So three shows in a week is like, oh, my gosh. Like, who does she think she is?
0: (laughs) No, go for it. People are going to be like, Jumping at the bit to go, they're oh like, "Finally, things are happening."
1: Things are happening. I hope so. I, I, I have faith that March will be a, a much chiller time than this. So, so yeah. we'll see.
0: And we're closer to March than I realized. We're at the end of January. I know that's
1: nuts. I know.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. Well, I'm so excited. Are you? You're performing as as yourself. Not as, as myself. Okay. Yeah.
1: I have um. I have a like solo band and. W- they're all from different places um my uh my guitarist joe he's out in cleveland and then my other bandmates are like in the new york city area so Mm -hmm. these are all like friends who are have been in other bands that i've played alongside Mm -hmm. who i've been like you're the one in that band that I like and you're the one in that band I like and I kind of made this super group yeah and so um it's really fun playing with them it's like with eternal summers it's like we know each other so well Mm -hmm. and so with this group it's like you guys are just like a whole different set of brains to play with and 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 it makes me think differently Mm -hmm. and play differently so it's just nice to have that contrast yeah so yeah, I'm excited. No,
0: I obviously I love Eternal Summers. I really like your solo work. Thank you. <laughs> like,
1: yeah, I mean, and I think it's just just getting a little I mean, when this record does come out, I think this this album will be even like a whole other thing than the first one, but um but yeah, I'm really I'm really pumped on it. Cool
0: that does it for today's episode. Thanks for listening.